No, you don't. That's a rock. And you just made that clicking noise with your mouth. This is Star Wars in Character, the podcast that takes a closer look at some of the elements that make up the Star Wars universe. Backstories. Histories. And details. You never knew. Wanted to know. Or ever need to know. Now here are this week's panelists of Star Wars in Character. Today we are talking about Lady Proxima. (laughs) Proxima, you're that giant fat slug like lady and I love you. (laughs) You're going Kenny Kenny Rogers. Yep, I was. That's Kenny Rogers lady, yeah. So so far you've you've done sticks, Kenny Rogers, and something Dion. Is that what you? Did? <laughs> lady Proxima, lady Lee, Lady Proxima, you're a giant slug. <laughs> Lay in my dark blue puddle in a room, Lady Lee. Uh, I'm going to type in lady songs in Google and probably regret regret the results. (laughs) Well, this lady, Lady Proxima, Proxima, sitting on the bench. (laughs) They've got it. I got it, yeah. There was some Beatles. Yep. (laughs) Beatles. The Beatles. (laughs) Well, this thing appears in everyone's pants and solo. (laughs) In everyone's pants? Correct, because it looks like a big dick. For the what is it? It's that big, uh, big wormy female thing that looks like a big long schlong. That's why these names make sense. In in Solo, in Solo, did, did you see Solo, Dave? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember a schlong. Oh yeah, she's a schlong. Let's take a look at this. <laughs> it's a creature. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She has, she has it, lines and everything. Is she's it like? A Is it like the thing in Dune that comes out in that big long tank? All right, forget it. (laughs) No, I'm starting to think. I just keep thinking the sandworm. Like sandworms, anything I know. She's like the sandworm, but she's in the water. Yeah, this thing's in the water. It's like a giant brain with. It looks like a giant, like testicle with like, but a long one. It's in Dune. It's in the beginning. It's before you get tired of Dune. Keep saying Dune, and we'll eventually <laughs> figure out what you're talking about. I got tired Dune. of Dune after the say after Dune one more Dune. time. Dune. <laughs> no, it's, it's been a while. It's been a while since yeah. I've seen it. It's probably been, it's been at least a decade, probably longer than that. Probably 15, 15 years since I've seen Dune. It's in the first forty-five minutes of the extended. Cut. Okay, so the before first tenth you- of the movie. Just like the song, the extended cut. Exactly. You before you reach for the remote and fast forward <laughs> to the thing. No, Dave, you you know who Lady Proxima is. Even if you only saw the movie once, you know you know who this person is. This, right, this I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up. Look up this thing, and it gives you time to put these names down on your face like a slug. Oh. When I when I texted you, because I I only texted like what like 20 minutes ago saying who I was doing. Mm-hmm. Did you go and like I need to find names? No, not really. I, when, as soon as Dave and I were talking about his proper. It's his proper night, and I, I was just thinking about names because it, it's a dick. So that's these names are all about dicks. So oh it's a big slime. Let me note how can many one star reviews we have now, so I can see how much they go up after the names. Okay, eighteen. I better make sure my phone. I, I got to put more <laughs> reviews on. Yeah. When well, my name is 
showed Chris. <laughs> CH and CH works for me. Oh, I didn't even see this the CH H bar, but okay, I like that. <laughs> I almost want to say we we've used that, but I think we just used the term "chowed" so much it feels like Chode. we've used it. Before. I think so, and it's mostly from Tim's mouth. Tim always one saying "chowed." Tim Chode. loves the word "chowed." It's funny. There's an X Men character named Chode, oh, and I was like, "Did they?" So I'm like, "Seriously?" And there and, and there was an, even a action figure, and the action figure was always on the racks at KB. <laughs> like it was like the figure no one bought. There was there was always like I would say for for a good ten years you could go into any KB and you could find a chode action figure and they always had Pudface. Oh god. From the Robocop TV series. Oh. It got to the point where Pudface was like ten for ninety nine cents. <laughs> <laughs> but Pudface was what always was there. Those are the those are the two worst-selling figures of all time if, if you went to KB from 1995 to 2005. What was Chode's power in X-Men? Do you know what he... Chode was one of... I believe Chode was one of the Star Jammers, which were... <laughs> what? Uh, what the they were, they were, <laughs> they were space. They were space pirates that were... Cyclops' dad was, was the lead <laughs> Star Jammer. Star, what's a Star Jammer? He was it's a, a space, space pirate that is... As wide as it is long. Yeah, and Chode was Wait, like what? his first. <laughs> oh, that took me a second. I get it. <laughs> this is the, uh, the Star Jammers from like the were like the early '90s X Men, which were which were pretty shitty. Okay. That's like when Bishop and you know and Cable came around. You know, it was it was like, it was that was the dumb era, the Jim Lee era of X Men. While the art was nice, the characters were pretty stupid. And Chode was one of those stupid characters. All right. Also, is manhood Matt? <laughs> hey, or if um, you should have, you should have helmet Matt. Helmet Matt. That's a dick Sam, reference. You did your job. I'll do mine. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dingus Dave. Dingus. Now, is that what that means? It's, it's, because in the middle of Universal Studio, well, not middle, but in the Simpsons area, Universal Studios, they have a a cutout of. Of uh, what's his name? Nelson pointing at the payphone, saying, "Answer that, Dingus! It's for you." <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Dingus. I, I, is oh wow! Him. Okay. Yeah. I mostly know Dingus because of of. <laughs> Just let me finish my sentence first, okay? Before you guys say anything. Because <laughs> Caitlin always says the word Dingus about Chewie's penis popping out. Yikes! <laughs> saying his Dingus is showing. So that that's okay. how I probably know the word Dingus more than. Dingus is a dim-witted, silly, or foolish person, often used in a joking or friendly manner. So that's probably what Universal is thinking. Everyone else is thinking the other thing. (laughs) (laughs) Chewy, Chewy pops his wiener out every time he sees that commercial with the gravy train. You're running into the bag. It's bacon. (laughs) And tool Tim. There you go. This is tool. <laughs> All right, Tim. Tell us about this big. I, I would have preferred Tallywhacker. <laughs> that is a better one. That's a good My one. Tallywhacker. Your what? Tallywhacker? Why'd you pick this big dick, Timmy? <laughs> well, you know, I was feeling horny. <laughs> I mean, this really, I, you, when now that you mention it, it really is like a it's, very ugly it, penis. It's yeah. so dumb to have the photo i'm looking at photos of it now and like every photo it has 
what, like a dozen arms. It's just such a bad des- decision to have her arms folded on her side because if you if she were they were outstretched, at least it would look a little less like one or a very painful one. Yeah, it it really it does it does look like a penis and a chest burster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, penis burster. It's like penis it's like burster. it's like this, if the face hugger completely went past your stomach all the way down to your groin to lay its eggs. This yeah. is what would pop out. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's it's a it's it's a bad character. It's a bad character. Um. Anyway, Lady Lady Proxima. She was born on Corellia, but her species, the the Grindelids, uh, were actually from a different. That's <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like Grundle. Yeah. yeah. There, her species is actually from another planet called the Persis Nine, which is a gloomy, cloud-covered planet with a dense atmosphere that filtered most sunlight out. And on this planet, uh, the the Grindelids would uh, they, they lived in like underwater. They were like amphibious. They would live in watery pools and just make merry that way. Did they shrink? I was in the pool. <laughs> I was yeah. in the pool. It was on the top. Um, now they, uh, yeah. I mean, I and I don't. I don't know if they're cold, cold blooded, or hot blooded, uh, but they are growing, evolving in that atmosphere. They are extremely sensitive to light, just so, like a penis. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, you, you, if I get up on a stage and the spotlight comes on, goes right back. <laughs> um, she. Uh, like they they can't they can't see in 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 the sunlight or in bright brighter light and uh, their skin will instantly like burn almost like a vampire if exposed to like UV rays and direct sunlight so it's like you just have to put them under the light for like five seconds and they will come come back with like a, a sunburn. Um, they uh, <laughs> I hear Dave laughing. In the I just, that's what I love is this episode. It's like every sentence ends with Dave laughing at. Tim <laughs> or the Tim story. I mean, and me. yeah. Well. <laughs> now uh, this is, this is, uh, this I found interesting because I, she has lady, lady Proxima, as we see in the movie has, um, she has her minions. There's like one is named Moloch and one is named rebolt. I think. It, so she has two, like almost like testicles to her left and right. Well, I mean, they're minions. They're they're like side. They're henchmen for her. Okay. So they're not attached to her, but they are of the same species. They are also Grindelids, but they have uh, adapted to make themselves seem humanoid. <laughs> okay. That sounds, <laughs> so like what, a, that sounds like a convenient story element. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, when when you look at when you look at the other two guys, they, they don't look like they should be of the same species. Kind of, but they are. Um, but they are because what they've done is they've they put they put on like heavy coats and, and coverings to cover their their skin so they can go out into the light. And they have two. They have a segmented tail that kind of splits, and they're able to use their tail to to walk upright like 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 a human <laughs> like, a, like a like a human would. So they can actually like go and take a stroll if they want to. <laughs> I don't know if. Proxima does that. She just seems like she just sits in her pool of water and hangs out there all day and all night. But and these guys pet, are out there. If you pet her long enough, she throws up. <laughs> 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 so Why good. can't she wear a coat too and do this with with her homies do? 
I don't know. She's she's naked with the exception of like uh, this the, like shroud of jewelry that she's a wearing, chain or something. Yeah, yeah. She's she's got like the chains and shroud metal chains? stuff all over. Is she? Is it like piercings? Like pierced? It looks like. Oh jeez. It looks like some of it might be piercings, but uh, <laughs> for the most part, most part it looks like it's just like it's all attached to this like head piece that's just laying on top of her. Like she's, she's wearing the chainmail armor hat that was it Scott Steiner or the other Steiner that used to wear. <laughs> yeah. When oh yeah, 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 yeah. Scott Steiner. Scott Steiner. C. <laughs> what was that? The Japanese league? That's that. that yeah, I, I used to have this Japanese PlayStation game. Oh, okay. I could not figure out how to play the damn thing. It was like it was like all extreme wrestling, and Scott Steiner was one of the people on it. It was a ja- it was it was made only for Japan, but I managed to get a copy of it, and I adapted my PlayStation so I could play it. But he, anytime I would select it, he was generally the guy I select because I knew who he was. He was like Scott Steiner, <laughs> Tim, you continue to be one of the most fascinating people <laughs> I've ever known. <laughs> you got a Japanese game that you couldn't play, and or understand, but you converted your system so you could play it. Even though you couldn't, yeah. What what what, <laughs> yeah. what you had to do? You had to you had to um, for the old PlayStations. You you had to take this piece off so that you could open the lid while the 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 game was running. Jesus. So what you would have to do to play the Japanese games? You'd have to put in a regular American PlayStation game. It would run, oh, and then it would okay. stop. And then you would take that out and put the Japanese one in oh, and then God. it would play and you could start Jeez. up your, that's a lot of work it, to it be Scott Steiner for, for a city game. How did, how did you learn to do this pre-internet? The, the, the old video game places would, would tell you how to do it. I remember I bought the game at this. There used to be this wrestling collectibles kiosk in the Montgomery mall. And I got it, and I had it for like two weeks, and I could not figure out how to play it. And I ended up mentioning it to uh, some kid who worked at Cyborg One. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he was like, he was like, "Oh, you have that game? I've been searching for that game forever." I'm like, "I'll sell it to you, twenty bucks." Or however much it was. <laughs> and you can I was play like, the game get too. The, get the stupid game. I can't figure out how to play off my hands. And he, yeah, so I, I owned the game for like two weeks, and he bought it, and uh, and then. Uh, whatever happened. I don't know. <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> it really, it really is. So, uh, where am I with lady, lady Proxima? <laughs> she, she is, um, she is the leader of the white worms. That's the name of that gang oh, that Han Solo and Kira God. are part of. Really? Uh, the f- white worms. <laughs> And I was hoping there was going to be some history on who the white worms were, you know, how they started. Nothing. There's no, (laughs) nothing about the white worms. I have no idea how how long they've been around. I don't even know how old Lady Proxima is. I don't believe they gave her an age. Uh, No, 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 uh, no age here. How do these characters now Jabba's probably been written to death, but let's just say taking it from our knowledge of Jedi back in the day, how do these large immobile 
creatures become super rich and powerful gang leaders. It's like you, it's you think you need to be mobile to be a little bit aggressive in forming these gangs, but these like thing this this chick can't leave her puddle, but somehow yeah. she's in charge <laughs> of the white worms. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> they probably this is this is what I think. I think they're all like crafty accountants, yeah. and it's all about it's all about getting that first amount of money so you can pay for your protection. Uh, maybe, yeah, okay. It's all about getting yeah, getting that seed money to start your gang. Once you have the money, and 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 let's say your money keeps coming in, then you could just keep paying people left and right. Uh, all it would all it would really take is like a couple people to decide you know they want to go to business on their own and turn around and shoot her in the head but <laughs> yeah she has enough she's got enough protection that that uh she pays enough people enough money that they would s- make you know the the good college what are they what are they the, the college effort or something like that to, <laughs> the good old college try. try good old college try to, to to prevent her from being killed that's right though this is a pattern of these kind of characters they're giant like what would seem to be unintelligent type of things, yet they're criminal masterminds. Yeah. I just don't understand. I mean, well, Tim tells a, as a good theory, but I, I just don't understand how these immobile creatures, I can't leave this certain space. Like I would think even now we even know we can't even speculate that Jabba in their young age, those, the huts are, you know, a different type of creature and can do something. Cause we've all met stinky now. Thank you, Clone Wars movie. And we know what they're born like, so that's that's not a possibility. How do they get so rich, so powerful, so in their lifetimes without moving a fucking inch? I think the, the I try moving not I try not to move an inch and I just lose money. I think I think the huts are, are, are such is such a widespread organization that you know they dispatch their huts to different places and the huts, you know, Java when he started his organization there on Tatooine probably came in semi ready made. Yeah. I'm like he, I'm, he went, he went and he, he before he got to Tatooine, he had already amassed enough uh, wealth to from you know being born into the hut, yeah, the, the hut families that he had some startup money to hire some goons to protect them. Job is a little easier to understand now because we've we've seen a lot more of, of the huts and whatnot and it probably has been explained in a book or comic and i'm I'm just like i said i'm taking it from the standpoint of seeing him on screen originally i'm not taking in consideration the books in the in the comics so he's his what we've known like now i can picture jabba the hut being that that my my problem with jabba the hut with the knowledge i have now is okay but now that you've accepted that let's make another character that can't do anything and make him super powerful <laughs> and rich it's like why why just why can't there be well i guess there is vision's a pretty powerful guy and he can move around the room by himself so i guess that's all right see i don't i don't really think she's that powerful oh like, okay well then that's i think a different spin okay like when when you when, you, when we think about like crime lords like she's or is yeah there you good, go good that's example. a good He's example a- yep He's a guy that that worked hard and made it made a name for himself. And there's a, there's a couple others. She seems to me, and I, and if if she wasn't based on Fagin from uh, Oliver Twist, then she basically is Fagin. She she gets street rats to go and pickpocket. Ah, okay. Pickpocket for her. Ah. You gotta pick a pocket for me. Oh, uh, yeah. So yeah, Fagin and and so. So Han Solo is essentially Oliver Twist, and 
Kira is like the artful dodger. Yeah. Okay. In this. Yeah. I don't mind you. this so much now. <laughs> Tim bringing some culture into the yeah. situation. A little, little bit of little bit of Dickens. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, I, I think I think she's she's like she's like a minor like you know she's 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 fighting for scraps. She's getting okay. she's getting like bits of silver, uh, and and have has created you know a you know child empire. Like she doesn't have like she has a couple adults in there, but it's mainly it's mainly kids running around doing her doing her work for her. So she's basically covering herself with cheap jewelry, not not expensive <laughs> yeah. jewelry. Where did you steal? Where did you steal this from? Justice, <laughs> the piercing Walmart. pagoda. Yeah, come on, that's where she's getting it from. Right next to where Tim got his Japanese Nintendo game. Scott the Steiner Yeah, so there's no there's no real history on the white worms. Um, yeah, and as I said, she's she's a lot like she's a lot like Fagin from. From uh, from Charles Dickens, uh, in yeah, she she just trains child pickpockets, and she gives them a home, and she feeds them, and she gives them a sense of community. These these basically castoffs. Um, we see we see her, and actually, I I think this is one of the worst scenes <laughs> in Solo. The whole scene with her in it. I like I, as as a as a whole. I do like Solo. Yeah, I, I'm with you on this. I do too, but I'm not a fan of this scene. And this kind of gave me an uneasy start to the movie. I'm like, uh oh. I I remember watching it the first time and thinking, I, I can't see anything. Yeah, there's that too. Yep. Yeah, so dark. I I I thought I, I honestly that was like when I I was thinking, do I really? So my eyesight has, has it gone that bad? <laughs> they need to change the bulb in that projector. Yeah, like I I honestly thought for a good I didn't I couldn't tell what the hell was going on for a good what five minutes in the movie more than that <laughs> I would just see this like sort of blue and black blobs moving around on the screen yeah I remember saying that Chris always asked me like so what'd you think what'd you think and I was like well uh, what I saw of it was okay <laughs> because I remember the big thing was like you know this is the big moment where Han Solo gets to see the Millennium Falcon for the first time. This is a monumental moment in Star Wars. It's foggy and as it's hell. In dense, it's in a dense fog <laughs> at night. So, okay, I can sort of see silhouettes yeah. of things. <laughs> Thanks for burying the lead, Ron Howard or those brothers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, and and I and I don't I don't have a problem with Han Solo being part of you know, child thieves and all that kind of stuff and being literally trafficked as a, as a, as a youngster. Um, but I just thought this scene was just stupid. <laughs> you know, when he, he pulls out the, he pulls out the rock and like, he says he has a thermal detonator and she's like, no, you don't. That's a rock. And you just made that clicking noise with your mouth. <laughs> so she yeah. sounds, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it's just, it's just, a, it's, it's just a bad scene. I, like, um, I'm assuming this was probably um, Miller and Lord. I think. I think it was. This was probably one of the scenes they shot because uh, okay. the comedy is the comedy. It just it just falls flat. Yeah, I, I I I love those guys. Like the movies they've done and written, I think are fantastic. But I could I could see like you know the the if if. If their entire solo was going to be that kind of comedy, like I was like, okay, bring Ron <laughs> Howard in. Uh, 
bring in Opie. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it's, it's, it's not, it's, 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 it's not a very good scene to watch. And actually it's not a very good scene to listen to. You can't see it. <laughs> well, that's how Han Solo escapes. He escapes his punishment. Uh, and he escapes with Kira and they, they run away and he, uh, you know, he throws, he throws his thermal detonator rock through, through a window above them and brings the sunlight in and burns and disfigures Proxima. Uh, and she, you know, and they get away and then, you know, all the events are as we see them in the movie and then into the star Wars movies, but Han Solo returns many, many years later. And, uh, this is after star Wars. He and Chewbacca show up on Corellia and they need to obtain parts for the Falcon and Moloch, who is one of her minions is, is there and he recognizes Han and he captures him and he brings him before Proxima again. And he uses the same stupid fucking trick. Oh God. The rock. But this time with a real detonator. Oh, <laughs> and further scars her. And yeah, he basically throws the detonator that breaks more glass. She burns more and screams and goes into the water and he <laughs> escapes. And that's that. That's how he gets away. Jesus Christ. Um, Is he there to, get her or is he there for something else he's he's there getting trying to get parts for the falcon okay like he, he needs to do some upgrades or what what have you um there is there is another story that deals with was it but batine the, the hot chick from uh that we did an episode on um there's this, uh there is a, a story that involves her with lady proxima but it was it was like such a minor part she was looking for han solo and she heard that he was here and she came up to Lady Proxima and she was just like, he's not here. She's like, all right. <laughs> and, she, and that was it. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, as, as far as we know, in the Star Wars universe, she is still alive. She's oh, still running good. her her child prostitution ring underneath a pizza shop on on uh, on uh, uh, Corellia. Maybe they'll make and, a series uh, about her, too. They're making a series about every other goddamn thing in Star Wars right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Proxima, the 50 part series. Um, so that's all our story. Uh, just have the one, um, just some behind the scenes information. She was voiced by Linda Hunt. Oh. Uh, not to be confused with Helen. I know. Yeah. The n- do I know the name? Like, should yeah, I know that the, name? She's a little she was a shorter, shorter actress. Oh. She kind of looks like Ed, Ed DeMole. She looks like Ed DeMole. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I yeah. I, I got her IMDb page Oscar, now. Yep. I know who this is. For, yep. She won an Oscar for Year of Living Dangerously or something like that. Chris, you know that movie? Mel Gibson movie. Is that Mel? Yeah. Yeah. Chris. It's Chris has never cool. seen that movie. He just owns it on VHS. I, I I've seen it. I, I saw it thing twice. <laughs> Not What's one of my about? favorites. About dangerous living for 365 days. No, she was in. It stars a small woman too. She was in Silverado. <laughs> I did that with uh, Paul Spatero yep. on. Uh, is it Jaws? Yeah, she's like she owns the whorehouse. Yeah, she's like you know the mama or whatever. Yeah, she's cool. Yeah, I, I just I thought the whole characterization of this character was just off. I didn't like it. <laughs> I blame Linda Hunt. They should have got someone taller, like Nicole Kidman, maybe. <laughs> um, 
Now there there is a character in there's a there was a 1997 Star Wars novel called Paradise Snare. Oh god, yeah. Uh-huh. Details young Han Solo as an orphan being taken into a life of crime by a guy named Garrett Garrus Shrike. Um, so it's possible they they took this idea of this Garrus Strike character and created this uh, this this uh, lady Pro- lady Proxima uh, to explain Han Solo's early days, and that's that's about it. Oof. I did this character so you guys don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Timmy. You're welcome. Anyone wondering if we're scraping that bottom of the barrel? There you go. Well, I mean, <laughs> she could she could potentially have. There's there's more story to tell, but since since Solo was not as big a hit, uh, oh, right. we may or may not get more. But you know, who knows? They announced a. Lando series, uh, which takes place during the same time frame. Good. So they have they have the puppet. So <laughs> they it's possible they could they could use it during during that Lando series. Maybe was it a puppet? Was it a practical thing? It was. Yeah. It was. It was actually. It was a. It was a large scale marionette type puppet. Uh, well, that's cool. At least I think they just tore so. the tits off that thing. Luke milked. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're done with Last Jedi. What are we gonna do with this this tit beast? Well, let's just take the tits off and make it just a beast. Anyone have Linda Hunt's number? <laughs> <laughs> that was good, Tim. Great, great, great conversation in that one. Great conversation. You put all those shit, greats shit. in there to make the episode longer. Great, yeah. great. It was really, great, really, really, great. really, really great. And um, and um, episode. and um. And um, <laughs> um, Matt, it, it's feedback time, but I don't know. What do you want to be the feedback person? I guess. I mean, if you want to yeah. know about this, I do. Okay, we do. Oh, we all do. <laughs> oh, okay. I was gonna say Chris is talking for everybody. No, yeah. no, I want to hear about it. So, all right. Um, this is the the week I've been talking about on the past couple episodes have been released that I was going to Galaxy's Edge. For my birthday, and I went. What is it? I went four days ago. It's been four days out. So, what? How do you? How do you guys want me to start? Just kind of run through my day up until I got into. As soon as you woke up, did you? What did you you have for breakfast? (laughs) Well, it does involve having to wake up for a specific thing to have to do with Galaxy's Edge. That's why I'm I'm kind of prefacing it like that. You had to get up at a certain time. Yeah. Before or after the guy who makes the donuts. Um, I'm trying to remember. Now I think after. I think this was pretty early. Okay. So why did you have to get up early? Okay, so the Galaxy's Edge. That's the land. For anyone that doesn't know, that's that's the actual land, name of the land of the stars area of Hollywood Studios here in Disney World. So it's a section of the Hollywood Studios park, and inside it are two rides. Star Tours is still there, but it's not actually inside the land. It's still in the I think the Hollywood portion of it. I'm not quite sure. Someone will correct me because if there's one thing internet people like to do more than correct Star Wars facts, it's theme park facts. I've learned that over the years. So I'm sure I'll be corrected on that. <laughs> so, so Star Tours isn't in it, but inside is the Smuggler's Run, which is the Millennium Falcon ride, which is not has it's very, it's a short ride and it's not the latest and greatest technology it's kind of a flight simulator with a few bips and bobs which we'll get to because i did go on that but then there's a rise of the resistance 
which is not just Galaxy's Edge new marquee ride. It's like Disney's new marquee ride. It's got like four different ride elements in one ride. This is their touting their future of was it immersive entertainment. So this is the thing everyone wants to see. <clears throat> and it's a long. It's like a good 30 minute experience beginning to end. Ooh. So with the social distancing they're doing on this ride and even though the park is at limited capacity, they only have two and it's all, there's no waiting in line for it. You, you you cannot stand by. You have to make a reservation for the ride or you have to get in a virtual queue is what you do. You don't even get a time. So there's only two times a day you can get in line basically. And that is a 7 a.m. in the morning. Park opens at 9, ride opens at 10, and then it's 2 p.m. in the afternoon. So I got up at 6.30 so that I'd be up on my feet, walking around, getting the blood flowing so I could be on the app, have the phone in my hand, and be ready to get in line at 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock comes around. I'm counting down. I'm looking at the clock on my... And it's using the World Clock app, the same thing that the Apple iPhone does. So I'm looking at the seconds on my clock on my phone. I get to 10 seconds. I switch to the Disney app. I count down. I refresh. I can get in line. I hit join. First thing it says, who is in your party? It has me. It has my wife. But then it has the two people that were supposed to go with us because we linked our accounts together, our tickets together. But they had to cancel because they ended up having some major water damage in their bathroom. So they, they had to be they had to stay home for plumbers and, and, and contractors and shit. So I was like, oh shit, they're not going. Let me take them off. So unclick, unclick, next. And it says, sorry, line's full. It was that it filled up that fast. Mm, Jesus. Oh my god. So I was pissed <laughs> i'm like i'm like this is what I, this is the reason i wanted to go i i'm i'm happy to see galaxy's edge but who wants to go through all this spend a ridiculous amount of money for two people for one day it's like that is that is the most expensive way to go to disney is to buy a one-day ticket why would i want to not go on the top right so now i'm at my birthday's ruined i'm like fuck this fuck disney fuck everybody that goes to disney today <laughs> you're like why i'm going to run bed. into my fist yeah <laughs> I was like, if I could cancel, I'd cancel, but I can't. So I don't even want to fucking go, but I'll go. So we're like, well, now we're not rushing to get there when the gates open. We'll just go when we go. And I actually edited our um, Mandalorian episode because we recorded it the night before. And after I was done, I was posted that I'm I'm catching myself up on, on the news. And of course, there's no good news ever anymore. And I'm like, well, you know what? Maybe not going on a ride at a theme park isn't the worst thing. And I kind of got over it. I was like, plus there's a second chance. And I know what I did wrong. If 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 the couple's names show up on the next time, I'll just leave them on. And if you know if someone says something, I'll be like I don't know where they are, and you know play dumb. So I figure I got a good chance at the two o'clock. So we went. So we got there about ten thirty or so. Walked right into the park. Um, there, I will say Disney's safety screenings are pretty. Um, what's the word I want to look for? Uh, painless obviously but they're not very intrusive at all i mean the closest they have to get to you is is to take your temperature but otherwise their security checks and whatnot are fine and we headed right to galaxy's edge and dave will probably be the only one that can follow this this route you go past star tours to the right like you actually go past the ride or to the right of star tours star tours will now be on your left there's like a just a at the time there used to be kind of that side street of Tatooine. Well, that's now opened up into this big fortress-looking entryway, and you kind of go down a little bit so that you're getting the rest of the park out of your view, and then you enter that Star Wars world. Yeah, it's where the backlot tour used to yeah, be. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. 
And the that stunt show, there was like a car stunt yeah, show. Yep, yep. Now, I'll say a couple things, and this is going to piss off. I know this part of the show is going to piss off Star Wars people and theme park people, but no, oh well. <laughs> I don't think anyone's listening at this point anymore. We just, we just, we just did the snake penis from uh, Solo, for God's sake. So, <laughs> it is, th- everything looks really cool. I- I'll start off with some positives. It looks, it's, it's well crafted. It's, it's, everything looks believable. It looks like it's, it looks like it's a real thing. And I was a little concerned that it was, I think it's like three acres smaller than Diagon Alley. And I don't consider Diagon Alley all that big at Universal, but they have made, a kind of a way to continually walk in this park where you're going in and out of different things and going up on almost a second level, not a full second floor, but you're, you're passing by the same things that you were before, but at a different angle and a different height. And it made it feel actually a lot bigger than Diagon Alley. So it did look real. It felt big, but apart from Honestly, like the Millennium Falcon area, it's like, I don't know any of this stuff. It's like, I've never seen this. So I don't, I feel like this is a copy of something that should be Star Wars, but I don't recognize anything. So I'm like, eh, you know, it's cool. Right. I respect their building of it, but it's nothing I've ever seen, you know? Yeah. That's the way I was, that, that, that's the way I feel like I'll feel about it. Like this says Star Wars, but I don't know what the hell this is. This could be firefly yeah this could be like it could be any other science fiction domain that i don't know anything about yep i think that's i think that is really the 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 biggest flaw in disney's uh marketing and thought thought process behind going into star wars they it seems to me that they thought you could just put the star wars name on anything and people will buy into it hook line the sinker and they're they're, they're not and it, it's it's turning out to not be that way yeah yeah and that's yeah it's it's star warsy but it looks like someone trying to be it's like when a, a movie it's like it's like a, a half a dozen movies that were made in the 70s after star wars it's like this looks like it but this ain't it that kind of thing and there was another a factor that just i could not get over every ship that was from star wars i think they had a jedi fighter uh, an X-wing, and then the weird Tie Fighter thing. Kylo, when we first see Kylo Ren, I, I, I ended up heard uh, finding out it's called a Tie Echelon. I'll explain why here in a minute. And the Millennium Falcon, they're all there. They're they're great. They're absolutely fantastic props. But then they put these guardrails. Not even guardrails. That's the thing. A guardrail seems like it might be better. They put these barriers around them that makes it feel like everything's under construction. Yeah. Uh, mm. Mm. it's just that's that might be it's just me and me thing so so they try to make it an immersive experience you're actually on this new planet yeah and you're in the spaceport except there's barriers everywhere yeah, that don't make, touch anything yep they make it seem like you're you're not in a space exactly yeah. yeah so we did our loop around we looked at everything the falcon's really impressive it's one of those things that it's like it's a prop it has to be out there 365 in florida weather so there's a bit of you know, because it's not completely made of metal because eventually that's going to rest and deteriorate. So there's a little bit thing that looks off about it, but that's a minor nitpick because the, the, the detail they did put in it was amazing. So that was cool. I really liked that. So at this point, after seeing the Falcon and taking the pictures that everyone takes in front of the Falcon, because why not? It's the only thing in there that 
people recognize from Star Wars, we're like, well, let's get a drink. Let's go over the blue milk stand. And another good thing Disney's doing during this pandemic, you you cannot wait in line for food. You have to do scan a GRC code outside the, the place and order it, and they'll tell you when to come pick it up. And it's like it's like minutes. It's the same amount of time you'd stand in line, but you don't have to. You know, Dave, and, and all you guys know, you know in those theme park places for the like the the quick service food where you stand in those trough lines for like 15 mm-hmm. minutes. They yeah. they eliminated those completely, okay. which is nice during what's going on now. So yeah. I scanned the GRC code for the blue milk. And I was like, we got to get the blue. They have a blue and a green. Let's get the blue. And I looked at Christy. I go, do you want a shot and rum, a rum in it? She's like, well, it's a little early. Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we got our shots of rum and it was really good. It was, it was sweet. It's a frozen drink. Um, I don't think there's any milk milk in it. I think it's coconut milk based to give it its color and texture. I think it's vegan friendly, but it was a nice little drink. And that girl, like first she poured us green ones. I'm like, no, we wanted blue. And she's like, let me look at the order. She looked it up. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. And I think she double shotted ours as an apology, which yeah. was, which was nice. So we relaxed. We had that. Then we decided to go on the Millennium Falcon ride, which is about a 50 minute wait, which wasn't bad. Although the line was so long. It went through all of basically half of Batuu. I was going to say all, but that's not true. It went through half of of Batuu or whatever it is to the point that we were actually standing in Toy Story Land at one point in our line. Because that kind of takes you out of the Yeah, it does. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, we had to stay six feet apart. They had markers everywhere, everywhere. And it's, and they were, they were white with uh, yellow and black, like, caution pattern and then the font looked like arabish but it was english you know so they tried to make it as immersive as they could but these things were everywhere on the ground hmm. which i'm not making fun of them for that i mean what they, they did not know covid was going to happen so that's i don't consider that a flaw but it's it's funny to see how uh, they are so yeah we're in toy story land playing trivia crack waiting to get on the falcon and then we get into the ride, and the premise is we're at Hondo. Is it Hondo Tanaka? Is that his name from the Clone Wars? Yeah. Know, the, 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 the Nick to or the, the Weakway guy? Yeah, the Weakway guy. Yep. It's his spaceport. And it's where everyone lands and pays their docking fee and gets repairs and whatnot. So we actually go into his repair shop. And uh, now. Even though I'm not a big Clone Wars fan, at least I'm recognizing a voice and I'm recognizing things and they have ship parts from stuff we've seen. I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of getting into this. And then Disney does a thing that they fucking do to every ride that or every property they purchase and ruin the entire experience for me. There, There's a moment on the speakers where Hondo gets on the loudspeakers like, welcome to Hondo's, whatever it's called. And we're happy for you to be here. Please take a look around it. And this whole spiel. And then all of a sudden this this voice you've never heard in star wars and it's a very general disney voice they add it to everything they do and they take you out of it he's like hondo the port authority is here and they had wanted to look in our boxes and he's like oh wait for me to arrive he's like but i've already opened them and they say it's contraband and this whole shtick this disney happy happy joy joy look at my dimples voice is completely ruining (laughs) the line for me now <laughs> so yeah, because it's in the the like the line is the experience and yep. this uh, and then this Millennium this thing, right? this voice that doesn't believe that doesn't involve that doesn't belong in Star Wars at all just destroys that. But we get past that. We actually go into the rooms where they start separating us into the ride, and there is I'll say it. I'll give credit where credits due. They they probably have the best animatronic I've ever seen in my life when Honda is up there because he's animatronic and he's telling us. 
that he's like he's like I need you. We have a we have a job that came up, and Chewie has let us borrow the Falcon. And Chewie's like screaming on a screen, shaking his head, like the fuck I have, you know. But he's <laughs> like, so, but he's, but it's like he's very animated. His arms are flailing, and he's pointing at people. And it's that is what was a cool um, uh, animatronic. I've seen some <clears throat> YouTube clips of of Hondo in there, and it's it's impressive that yeah. from the YouTube clip that I saw. Yeah, yeah. So it makes that- a Hall of Presidents look like. <laughs> The Gettysburg yeah. Wax Museum, <laughs> right. Hall of yep. Presidents. Yep. Uh-huh. So then we walk down a, a gantry like you would in an airport, but they Star wars it up, and, and in a good way. And it feels rickety. It feels like this was, like, we're not, we shouldn't be on this. Like, Hondo set this up to get us on the Falcon. It's, it's like, very specifically built to do that. And then we get, we walk into the Falcon, and I sent pictures to Chris of this. It is fucking yeah. amazing. It feel it, it looks like the hallways of the Falcon we've seen on the on the in the on screen so that i give him credit for you walk down the hall you turn the table you're in that kind of area that we saw luke and and uh obi-wan and han relaxing while they're in hyperspace and there's a degeric table for a photo op mm-hmm. which i jumped behind and when i did the attendant the that. very the very grumpy on Disney like attendant was party of two over here, party of two over here. Like, you, you're gonna fucking wait. I just waited in line 50 goddamn minutes. I'm getting my picture taken at a the table. Yeah, because you, yeah, you're only gonna, you know, go there. You gotta do it while you're there rather yeah. than get in line again. For shit, you know? yep. So I did, and then we went on. Now, uh, people pan this ride as crap, and I can understand maybe why it's meant for six people, but they let us ride alone. And what it is, it's four, it's six different positions, two pilots, two gunners, two engineers. And what happens is the two pilots, they split, one d- controls the ship left and right, one controls it up and down. The gunners, one controls the top turrets, one controls the bottom turrets. The engineers, they control the damage. So if you, since we only had two of us, the guns are automatic and the, and the damage control was automatic. So we didn't have to do anything. If you got a shitty pilot that's hitting stuff and your engineer sucks, you're going to have a crappy ride. So I can understand why people are complaining about the ride. And if you have someone that can't hit shit, you're in for a world of hurt. We didn't so have to- what you do actually affects the way the ride goes? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it was just like all, you know, fake. Like No, no, no. So, so we didn't have to worry about, about that. So we got through the ride. And I was on the right control, so I was up and down. And as soon as I sat down, there was the four those four silver sticks that you see between Han and Chewie. Yeah. And I was like, I wonder if we use that. And Christy's just like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so we're we're sitting there and the first thing the first thing is you test you're, you're, it's pretty much a test out so you know how to use the controls we had the navigator around uh, out, out out of the space dock so one time i had to go up then i had to go down then she had to go left and she had to go right then we had to do a combination of the two and then we were out and he's like okay now we're out now it's time for light speed right pilot pull the lever and i look in the fucking same lever that Han Solo pulled in the movie is lit up. I grab it. And as I'm pulling it back, the stars start to streak. And then when I'm all the way down, we go forward and I'll, I won't lie to you guys. I got chills up my spine on that part. That's awesome. Wow. That's cool. I didn't realize that you were actually controlling anything. Yeah. Yep. It's uh, you go in this, in our particular scenario, I don't know if they have multiple stories because we didn't go on again, but in this scenario, we had to get two containers of something. It was some kind of, fuel or something energon i don't know what it was something we needed 
And the first one was fairly easy. It was all reliant on the gunners taking out the um, defenses and the engineers repairing things. We just had to kind of fly casual in a sense. The second container, me and Christy as the pilots had to avoid, it was almost, we had to go into a building. It was almost Death Star-like from the original arcade machine where you had to you know kind of go left and right and up and down to, to avoid shit so that was the big test for the pilot so we had some fun and we hit some things we weren't perfect but we had a lot we were having a blast we're screaming at each other in a fun way up you go up now you go left what the fuck's wrong with you and thank god there's no little kids in there with us i hate you yeah <laughs> i'm getting a divorce after this <laughs> so we got through landed um, there's a little gag at the end where it's like he's like all right well i already have a buyer for this and your this is we brought in this much minus my fee and minus the docking fees you're left with and it's like the number goes from six digits to like three digits it's kind of mm-hmm. it's a cute little joke at the end and that was it it was short it was only about a four or five minute ride but man when i pulled that lever to hyperspace i was like i must have had the dumbest smile on my face i'm glad there wasn't a photo op because i can't imagine yeah. how stupid smiling i was at that moment <laughs> it made, that, it made you feel like, a, like a kid again you know almost it did yep yeah. That's that's really cool. So then huh. now, oh, go ahead. Sorry, dude. No, it's just uh, that that is a cool thing, especially on your like you know for your birthday. Yeah, yeah. So now at this point, it's time to eat, and we couldn't go to Oga's Cantina, which is like where all all the beers are, and where the kind of sit down restaurant because it's already small to begin with, and with social distancing, it's impossible get a table so we knew that, and we looked at the other places to eat, and there wasn't really anything we wanted. So we decided to go to Pizza Rizzo's in the Muppet area of the park. Guess who picked that one? But <laughs> but before we left, I was like, I really want to get. They did have two beers that you could get. I was like, I really want to get this. I know for a fact this one beer is at a soda stand. I was like, let me find out where it is. So we asked the guy, and he's like, Well, you go down here and you take a right at the Thai Echelon, and there's a drink stand that sells the Rogue Squadron. Lager. I'm like, thanks. And then I pull up my phone. What the fuck is a Thai Echelon? So I had to look it up. <laughs> and that turns out that was the that was the Kylo Ren thing. So we That's get fine. we get there and it's a soda and water stand and they're selling the rogue or the gold squadron lager at fourteen dollars a pour, a twenty ounce pour. And my friend Yuikim saw that and said, Is that fourteen dollars or does that mean they're serving at two o'clock? I'm like, No, that's that's fourteen dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so I got it and it was good. This was made by Blue Point. Okay. Uh, uh, is that what it's called? Blue Point or Blue? Yeah, yeah Blue Point. Blue Point yeah. It was good. Yeah. It was kind of a, 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 a not a fruit tea lager, but there's a touch of fruit in it. There's a little bit of citrus, more than hops, and a little bit of some kind of spice I couldn't put my finger on. Maybe been just something as simple as allspice. It was good. It was good. I'll, I'll give them that. So then we went to lunch. We came back. I won't regale you with the Muppet stuff because yeah we all know about that. And then, oh, wait, no. I will regale you with a bit of this. We went and it was about one ten when we were done eating. And there's a new craft beer place in the New York part of Hollywood Studios, which was between the Muppets and and Galaxy's Edge. I was like, let's grab a beer. It'll be about two thirty or one thirty, and we'll sit here and try to get in at two o'clock. So we did. We went in. I got a delicious IPA by Stone. That's its actual name. And we're sitting on a bench and I'm sitting there with the phone. It's like quarter of two. I'm like, I'm refreshing. I'm, I'm, I have Christy's phone in my hand. I'm looking at her world clock. I'm like testing how far, how, how little behind the app is. The app was about a second and a half behind. So I knew exactly at two o'clock and a beat 
refresh, which I did. I just kept hitting the blue button because I knew that was the next button. I wasn't even reading the screen. Next, 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 next. You have spot 97. You're in boarding, boarding party 97. Please await for further instructions. Like, yes, we're going to wow. get on the ride for Rise of the Resistance. So do some people can go to the park, pay to go in or whatever, and never make it get on the ride? Yep, they absolutely can. It happens a lot. Uh, Here's the thing, too. We're now, The 2 o'clock line is called the standby line because let's say you get on boarding party number 10. And the ride breaks down while boarding party number eight is getting off. If they don't get that, and the park's up until seven o'clock, let's say, if they don't get that ride open and running again until quarter of seven, they're going to bar- board party number nine and number 10. It's like, it doesn't matter what your number is because they're going in the order of people got in line. Jeez. Uh, yeah, that sucks. Mm-hmm. So we got our time. We head back to Galaxy's Edge. I think I got another. Oh, no, I got the um, Wampa. It was a spiced uh, wit. Beer? No, was it? Yeah, I think it was. And I don't like Belgians anyway, but at least the spice took the edge off it. Uh, I think I went and got a, as we're walking around, I did get a Coke. I bought a Coke because they're in those thermal uh, detonator bottles, if you've seen those There's online. Yeah. So I got one That's of those cool. instead of an energy drink, and then I got another beer. And then we just we just walked around, looked at things, took pictures. I did try the green milk. I made a video especially for Dave. <laughs> Me <laughs> reenacting Luke Skywalker and... The Last Jedi, which I, I believe he appreciated that. And you did it perfectly. I just watched yeah. the clip before I filmed it. That's <laughs> funny. It was as if you, you know, were doing like, you know, one of those like screen by screen comparisons. It would have been <laughs> dead on. Let's see if I can send it to all you guys. Um, and we just kind of looked. Oh, we went. Um, we didn't go. They did have a marketplace, but it's a very like. Uh, it's it's like a like a bazaar the shops are very small and that's what it, they're, they're supposed to make it like that was supposed to be experience but again they built this before they knew covid so the line to get in this thing was super insane and mm. we're like we're not doing that and we know the other all that merchandise is in other stores so we went and we looked at some merchandise i did buy a couple baby yoda things i could not resist hey I saw it. Yeah, yeah it's a little adorable. It's, it's called a shoulder buddy. It has a magnet on his butt, and you take that off and you put it under your shirt, and he'll he'll sit on your shoulder all day. <laughs> That's funny. And I got a I got the black. They had the black series Baby Yoda figure. I bought that, and I got a pin. Is that is that the one that's only like two inches tall? Yes. Yeah. And it comes. I think those are funny. It comes yeah. with the little the little knob from the Razor Crest, a frog, and a little bowl for soup. Yeah. And let's see, what do we do after that? Uh, find just some more, I think just generally walking around and drinking. And we, and then we were like, we kind of saw that like each group of 10 numbers, cause they were on 57 when we got our group at 97 or 50 something. It's like, well, it seems to be an hour per group. And they got to like 78 and we're like, let's go ride star tours. It says it's 15 minutes. We'll be out in plenty of time. So we get in line for Star Tours. It was I, I don't know who programmed that thing, man. We were in line for like a half hour and it didn't move. And then finally, I'm like, well, let me let me look and see where we're at. And it said boarding nine party ninety six. I'm like, shit, we're next. So we jumped out of line, which was unfortunate because I would have liked to ride Star Tours, but I really wanted to go on Rise of the Resistance. By the time we got out of Star Tours area and got back into Galaxy's Edge, they were calling for ninety seven virtually on the phone. So we jumped right in. It's like we're not wasting any time. You have an hour to get in your your party to report in but we're like fuck right. that we'll go right in we went in got our shit scanned the queue line is 
pretty cool. I mean, it's twists and turns in and out of tunnels, and they have some Star Warsy stuff, like those boards with the big circles and the lines that Princess Leia is looking at in Star Wars and that stuff. But the real fun begins when you get to the queue line of where you're told the story. Now, do you guys want to know the details of this ride? I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I'm. I'll probably never go on it. So okay. Just tell me. All right, Tim, you're okay with it too. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm good. Okay, okay. So, and well, anyone that's listening now, if you don't want it, fast forward for a little bit. So, okay. So, you go into a room that is it's it's uh it's got it's like stacks of stuff, and there's a big hologram pad in the corner of the room, and you don't really know exactly what's going on until BB-8 comes around from a corner, which is a really good BB-8 animatronic, and he kind of you know the Bill Hader stuff, and then mm-hmm. on the screen comes and. Amon Calamari, I don't know his name. People are going to kill me because there's like a whole cult for this guy on Twitter, on theme, on Disney Twitter. I can't remember his name. And he's like, we have an incoming message from a inside member of the resistance who's going to tell you how to get to the, the base to continue our fight and yada, yada, yada. And a holographic ray, like from the freaking movie, the, the blue tint and the lines through it comes up on the hologram pad. It's freaking pretty oh, impressive. Wow. Oh, wow. And she tells us how... Uh, General, what's his name? My name is General, might be Commander. Mr. Mon Calamari is going to get us on a ship and take us to the base where we're all meeting to mount our fight against the resistance. And then Nine Nub comes up. What's that? Called Beck? Yes, that's it. Yeah. You're looking it up? (laughs) I don't know. Okay. Um, So on the other screen, Nine Nub comes up, which is always fun. And Christy enjoyed that too because of her interaction with Mike Quinn, even though it was about the Muppets. She at least knows who Nine Nub is. And then Poe Dameron comes on and yada, yada, yada. He's like, okay, behind this door is is, is Vex shuttle. He'll get you to safety. They open the door. You go outside. You're fully outside. Trees, sky, everything, sunlight. You line up on these these markers these color markers on the ground and the ship the ship is right there in front of you You see it that's the transport they open the door they start color color calling in colors and they're like yellow group first we're in yellow now there's only two of us and now inside this transport they have these l-shaped alcoves of plexiglass so that no one there's always something between everybody but it also means you can't walk around this but in our case i mean we couldn't have been any luckier because we were in the front of the ship behind the cockpit where the front screen was and the animatronic Beck and Nine Numb was. So we had oh. the perfect seat for this part of the ride. Mm, wow. So we loaded up. Beck says, let's go. We go. The door shuts that we just came in. Door shuts. And we're in a motion simulator. Not too bad because we're standing. So we're, we're, we take off. We see everything. Then all of a sudden, the first order catches on to us. And they start attacking. And Poe Damron goes and tries to take out some of the fighters. There's too many of them. We end up getting trapped in a tractor beam of one of their, like, uh, it's, I, I guess it's a Star Destroyer. It's just, just a huge ship. You don't even really get to look at the ship itself. It's so damn big. And it pulls us into their docking bay. And Beck says, just don't tell them anything. You know, we have people on the inside. We'll get you out of this. So we land. The same door that we went in from outside opens, and we're now inside the Star Destroyer hangar bay. Oh, wow. So somehow this thing turned 180 degrees during all that motion simulator. You didn't even notice. No, that was fucking cool. And then when you walk in, and again, I showed pictures of this Chris, Chris to Chris as well. There's like 50 stormtroopers there. Yeah. 
This thing is huge. They're using one of those like 3DO screens behind it where you see TIE fighters and, and Star Destroyers floating by. And they look like the, you know, and the whole perspective with the, that weird hologram projection that they can do now looks like just I can't wrap my head around what's happening. And we're given like a good minute. Just that we don't really, you can't really walk around, but you get to take it all in. And no one's stopping you from taking pictures and whatnot. And then some Imperial officers come out and say, all right, we're taking to an interrogation rooms. And we start walking down a couple halls and it is like, it is so, it looks like it just got pulled out of storage from these Star Wars movies. You're walking down these uh-huh. halls that look exactly like they are from the, from the movies, and especially the detention centers that we saw in The Force Awakens. And we get split up and us and two and another group of two got put into uh, a waiting for a detention center. Then we start getting a pre-interrogation from one of the officers, which was, which was funny. Um, he was actually really good. Like Christy said, she has no idea what's going on because she was asleep the whole time. Uh, he asked me where the where the rebel base was. I said it was in the Grogu system. Um, the other couple were just, I don't think they spoke any English, so they didn't say a word. But then we put in the interrogation room. <laughs> so we're, put, we're putting in the interrogation room. The door shut. It's one of those like diamond-shaped rooms. It's very cramped feeling, but not cramped because there's four of us in there and we weren't anywhere six feet near each other at all and then there's a holographic uh kylo ren and hux above us like asking us interrogating us or or about to interrogate us telling us what the world of pain we're going to be in if we don't help them so they walk away and like a shield door slams where they were and that's where we're supposed to start getting uh, like tortured but then the wall to our left starts to glow like someone's cutting through it and that piece of the wall gets torn away and there's there there's our people on the inside telling us, Come on, come on, we're with the new republic. So they pull us out of this out of the cell. Oh, wow. And they jump they have us jump on this transport, which is supposed to fit eight people, but they're only putting four in, so we can all have seats between us. And it's it's just a it looks like a little Star Warsy type cart, but it has a uh, a, an astromech droid in it, like the one, uh, like an R R five D four head. But they say this is R one two three four. I don't know what his name is. He's with us. He's programmed to take you to the escape pods and get out of here. So they we go and we first run into another set of those of riders in their cars and they talk to each other and then someone comes over the the loudspeaker is like just just tell him this is a prisoner transfer and you hear the beep bips and whirls and is like I think that worked. And he's like, and then when we turn the corner, there's two stormtroopers like, oh, it didn't. And they shoot at us. But the the droid pulls the thing back. We're going backwards now. The laser blast shoot over our head, hit the ceiling, and chunks of the ceiling fall out and are glowing. So then he takes like a right turn out of there. A door opens. And now we're headed towards two um, sequel era AT-ATs. I don't know what they're called. ATs, whatever now. Life-size. And we're zipping and bopping between their legs. And then we start getting fired on. We zip in the corner. There's um, Finn giving us some more instructions. And the droid kind of takes off between the legs again of the Adat. And he's screaming, no, wrong way. And then he backs up again. And we get on a lift. And now we get raised in the air. And we're looking inside the cockpit of the Adats. And there are more projections in there of people looking at us and shooting at us. And now we take off. So now we are going down some dark hallway. We don't know where we are. The droid doesn't know where he is. All of a sudden, we're underneath the like command deck of Kylo Ren and Hux, and there's two animatronics of Hux and Kylo Ren talking about trying to find the rebels. And then the droid like chirps and beeps, and Kylo Ren turns around and starts 
walking towards us. The animatronic starts walking towards us, just like a step or two. And then he takes off. And as we're going through the dark halls, there's this, this lightsaber lights up first. And then a holographic Kylo Ren comes charging at us down the hall. The droid takes off into the next room. The lightsaber is his lightsaber is shoved through the ceiling and he starts cutting away apart the ceiling at us. He takes off again. Now we're in a room where Kylo Ren has us in a force grip. And I, I don't know what he said. I couldn't hear it, but he's pulling us towards him. And meanwhile, the uh, resistance is attacking the ship. The resistance hits the wall behind him, depressurizes the room. He almost gets sucked out, but this large piece of metal falls between him and us. So we're able to get out of there. We go, he find the droid finally finds the escape pods, but the only thing between them and us is a bank of turbo lasers. So now we make the turn and there are life-size turbo lasers shooting those green freaking bolts at the resistance ships. Mm. And they're doing that whole recoil where they shoot and they back away. So now the droid is timing every shot. And when it backs up, when it, recoils he zips through and he waits for the next one and there's one where he almost went too soon but he comes back again he goes through it then he finally gets into the escape pod deck the door slams behind us and now we're in a motion simulator and the escape pod drops us out of the ship and we're in a motion simulator down to the ground we land on the ground the cart comes back out again and now the cart takes us outside where beck is waiting for us to congratulate us on the great work we did which we actually did absolutely nothing and we're unloaded <laughs> to the base of the Batu base, and then that's the end of the ride. Ooh, wow, that sounds like fun, man! And now and you, how long, it long, right? It was like it's like like the queue. It, like we never stopped moving in the queue. That was probably about fifteen twenty minutes. Once we got to the story of getting into that room with the holographic ray, it was probably about twenty five to thirty minute total experience. Uh, or, oh, wow. Well, all right, let's say twenty to twenty five minutes. It may have felt longer because it was all new to me. It was really long. What impresses me most about your stories is how much you remember. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, 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 if I saw that story, I'd be like, yeah, we went in there. We saw a, a Bob Calamari guy. They brought us a, there's an ad at Calamari was there and then it was all over 30 minutes. <laughs> so it was, it was really cool. Um, now there's a couple things in hindsight. I don't like about it. It's the, I wish it was it, the the four combinations are immersive simulator, which is the standing simulator. I, I might have the name wrong. Um, dark ride, GP uh, trackless or trackless dark ride, and the motion simulator at the end. The motion simulator at the end is almost it, it, you drop from the ship and you you go left, you go right, and you land. It's almost like. Oh, it's, I would have liked more of that. I would either wish there was more of that or not that at all and just have somehow end the ride at the ship and then you walk your way out. Although that wouldn't be a good to the story. It's basically me saying it doesn't really know what the ride, which kind of ride it wants to be at the end, but that's a nitpick. The other thing, as a Star Wars fan, that was cool, but I really wish there was, there was an OT theme or something. Cause yeah, that's why I mean, I'm hearing it's more of like what's going on now in the Disney world. Stuff it is. Rather than, yeah. Yeah. And we grew up with, and it was built and designed when I think last jet before last Jedi actually came out. So before things really went weird with the, um, not the force awakens, uh, rise of Skywalker. So it's like, it's not like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's kind of what I'm trying to say is it's like out there on its own for something that, never really had its own story to begin with. So, but 
I mean, right. these are just these are these are complaints. Two, three, four days after the ride, I have to admit, like that that is a next level ride. They Disney did a next level dark ride the same way Universal did a next level coaster with Hagrid's coaster. So this is like for a guy that's getting too old to do these rides, I'm kind of glad I'm starting to wind down at this time period because this has been the the like the the bar has been set now, and it's probably about time for me to retire before I hurt myself. <laughs> Wow. Well, that sounds that sounds really great. Yep. So I mean, even even if it's stuff like that we don't care about as much, it's yeah. still oh yeah, it's a great ride. If, if it was anything like I said, if it was, I don't give a shit about Star Trek. If it was a Star Trek ride and it yep. did all that, I'd be like that was a fucking great ride. <laughs> so now it was like about a half hour to park closing, and we did go into that merchants thing, that bazaar, and we didn't see anything in there that we wanted, so we left like in three seconds. Um, the only two big things I didn't do, which I'm getting shit about from theme park people, is I didn't go to the Build-A-Droid Center. I didn't go to the Build-A-Lightsaber Center. Someone actually told me, asked me if I did the light. Actually, several people asked me if I did the lightsaber. This particular person's like, did you build a lightsaber? I'm like, no. He's like, well, then you didn't do the park right. I'm like, no, you do the park. You wait to do the park, you Disney, <laughs> you Disney weirdo. Then you fail. Yeah. Isn't that just more? It's just more money, right? Like, you get a That's like $200. Yeah, yeah. I would never do that, and I would never let my kid do that. Like you, you've gotten to do enough. Yeah, you're a Lutheran. You'll you'll take what you've got. (laughs) Yeah, don't ask for anything else. Thank you. No, it's just the theme park people are. I mean, that's like that's a community I didn't know even existed until we started doing catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights, and these like the theme park community is a different type of personality to begin with. But the Disney ones are, oof, they're something else. Uh, I'm glad you went. Yeah, I had a great yeah, time. Sounds like your birthday yep. was fucking awesome. It, was, it went from starting the day wanting to cancel the trip if I could in some way or not to being probably one of the better birthdays in the past few years. So it was fun. I had a great time. I'll tell you though, man. The uh, if I had a chance to do it again, I would. I'd be happy to do Rise of Resistance again, but I'd probably go on that Falcon ride at least two more times. That that was awesome. I thought that was. I thought that was a, a one of the. It's, it's, it's not a better ride. Don't get me wrong, but it was a very pleasant surprise. That was really fun. Awesome. Well, next time you go, you should do the do the park right and build a yeah, lightsaber. No, spend like more that. money. Yes, you're right. Okay. okay. <laughs> if you happen to walk by, uh, um, which called the great movie ride, and <laughs> we did one out for me. We did see the uh, line for that new ride, the Mickey Mini Railway, whatever the hell it is. We didn't go on that. <laughs> I've seen YouTube things of that. It's just, it's like you just, you're, you're driving around while watching a cartoon. Yeah. That's all it looks like. Yeah. Yep. Shit about that. Yep. So that's feedback. <laughs> nice. Awesome feedback, man. I love it. Um, Dave, what do you got for us this time around? Well, I have some trivia for you. Okay. Trivia. trivia. Good old fashioned trivia. I don't, we've, we've been doing this show 10 years. The trivia segment has been called dozens of things probably and frankly i think we've gone through all the trivia but i found some more god damn it (laughs) so i got nine questions nine times and uh we'll do it the style we've been doing kind of with some of these other games where it'll be your turn if you don't get it it'll pass on to the other guys and they can steal your points how about that 
Is there music this round? <laughs> no. These are straight up what I consider pretty, pretty difficult Star Wars so questions. That's so straightforward. Okay. I don't know that we can do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, this is this is like OG shit. I mean, these are questions about the movies, and they're pretty damn hard. So the winner might have won. Okay? Yeah, all, right. all right. So... I don't know that the order is going to make a whole lot of difference, so we'll just go in alphabetical order. Um, so, Chris, you're going to be first. Okay. My middle name. My middle name's Adam. He's <laughs> <laughs> always trying to cheat and shit. <laughs> All right, Chris. Yes. What is the name of the planet where Luke and Leia were born? Wouldn't that be great if that was the name of the planet? Oh my god. What the droid was saying. You're on. (laughs) (laughs) What planet they were on? Yeah, what planet? Oh my god. This is going to drive me nuts about, or what always drives me nuts about this kind of trivia is that I know I've heard this, and I know I know it. I would never think of it in a million years, and I will be pissed when I hear the answer. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with Matt. I'm, I'm the right. same thing. I've heard of it. It's certainly come up on the show yep. in ten years. Uh, Matt, it's your turn. No, uh, what is the name? Well, good. I get a chance to be mad at myself because uh, no idea. I know, I know it. I know, I know it. I know we've talked about it, but I, I for the life of me, I can't think of it. No idea. Okay, Tim, you can steal this point if you know. Um, is it Pol- Polis Mass? Polis Massa? Pol- Polis Masser? <laughs> Paula Polaris Mass? That's Ma- four planets. You got to pick one. <laughs> Bigger Papa Pumpa? <laughs> uh, yeah, but for some reason, Polis, Polis, Mas- Polis Massa? Mo- Massa? That's your final answer. Final answer, one of those. Polis Massa Massa. <laughs> Tim steals the uh, ball. Yep. Yeah, when he said it, I'm like, son of a bitch, there, and there it, it is. More, yeah. And there Polis it is. Polis is correct. So, Tim takes an early lead. All right, Matt. All right. Your t- Here's your question. What is Darth Maul's first line of dialogue? Ooh. <sighs> There's horns on my dick. <laughs> <laughs> my Instagram account was hacked. <laughs> You'll pay for um, this, Logan. I am going to say I don't know. I'm going to say the line I know because I don't know. I'm going to say at last we can reveal ourselves to the Jedi. That is incorrect. Oh, damn it, Tim! Can you steal again? Uh, I was thinking, Matt. At last we shall. At last, we can reveal ourselves. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to go with Tatooine is sparsely populated. Ooh. Final answer. Final answer. Tatooine is sparsely God populated. damn it. That's another for the big guy. Who the hell knows? I don't even think fucking Ray Park knows his first fucking line <laughs> in that movie. Ray Park didn't speak it, Peter Serafin. This is true. Uh, You're right. <laughs> yep. Yes, Ray Park's true. like, Cole Blomey, I don't know. Bob's your uncle. Go fuck yourself. Up Look your at ass. my butt. It's so big. Up, up your arse. <laughs> All right. But in, the, but in the nicest way possible. Because it's pretty funny. Nice. Tim <laughs> 2, everyone else, zip. And mm. Tim, it's your turn. Okay. 
What Central American country served as the shooting location for the planet Yavin in A New Hope? Hmm. A little geography here for yeah, you. Yeah, right? Hey, Guatemala. I'm, I'm just guessing that. Guatemala. Final answer. Is that your final answer? Tim, you are something else, man. That Get is the fuck correct. out of here. <laughs> Guatemala is the answer. God damn. Is there music questions this round? <laughs> Tim doesn't need music to beat your ass. <laughs> Back to you, Chris. All right. Guatemala. <laughs> this is from... Return of the Jedi, they even say it in the dialogue. Are you ready? You're going to get this. Okay. What is the center switch on a speeder bike for? What? On a, oh, on a speeder. I'm thinking X-Wing, you fucking stupid asshole. <laughs> um, the center switch on a speeder bike? Yeah. It turns on Playboy TV. <laughs> <laughs> It, when turns hit- on, it turns on USA up all night. Yeah. Gilbert Gaffrey. We're watching Hot Tamales tonight. <laughs> I, I don't know. Turn, turning on the guns? I don't know this one. Is that your final answer? Yeah, final answer. That is incorrect. Matt, what is the center switch on a speeder bike for? Damn, they're calm links. Center switch. <laughs> <laughs> you do as good an impression of Mark Hamill. In voice as you do in swig. That is correct. <laughs> Jamming comlinks is correct, and Matt, it's still your turn. Ooh. Now, you just went on this this ride with all this uh, oh, you know, yeah. nonsense. So, uh, which Jedi is the first that Ray hears after touching Luke's lightsaber in her little Ooh. Jedi vision? <laughs> which is the first voice, voice. Ray hears? Okay. Uh. Hmm, man. I don't think Obi Wan doesn't seem like it should be the first, but I'm gonna say Obi Wan because I don't know. I can't. I actually don't have another guess other than him and Luke. So I'm gonna go. Oh, here you. I don't know if I hear you. I'm gonna say Obi Wan. Obi Wan Kenobi, the third. Final answer. Yes. That is incorrect, Tim. Ah. Which Jedi is the first Ray hears after touching Luke's lightsaber? Uh, I'm going to guess. Shit. <laughs> is it shit? Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to say Anakin slash Darth Vader. Final answer. But the Anakin era Darth Vader. Yes. Final answer. Also incorrect. Chris, with which Jedi is first Ray hears after stroking? I, I don't know. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll guess Yoda. Is that your final answer? Yeah, why not? Eh, why not? Because it's the right oh, answer. Man. Oh, Dang. That's so weird that yeah. Yoda would be the first one. She's touching Anakin's lightsaber. Which became Luke's. Yeah. Why would Yoda Maybe be like was, in on that? It was a party line? <laughs> Maybe it was Grogu. That's yeah. or Greggy. What's his name? That's Gregu. just one of the minor things yeah. that doesn't make sense of those damn movies. They still never explained how, how she found that thing. That's a story for another time. Bullshit. Tell uh, me now. Still waiting. I think they told it in a comic. Yeah. But I don't know. 
Well, after five questions, it's Chris and Matt. <laughs> what, it, what it probably was, the, the whole story is going to be like the gods must be crazy. Someone way down <laughs> at the base on, uh, you know, if, if uh, Cloud City is like Jetson Land, you know, and the people who live down on the base gets hit in the head with a with a lightsaber and he has to throw it off the edge of the earth. <laughs> that movie used to be on Prism all the time. What a gods must be crazy, yeah. I never saw the second one, but the first one kicked ass. What's he finding the second one? A Pepsi? <laughs> yeah, he takes the Pepsi challenge. What if this one goes off the edge? It's better. <laughs> All right, so it's Chris and Matt one, Tim three. Dang. You guys still got it, him. And whose turn is it here? That was who went first that time? That was Matt, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Tim, it is your turn. Okay. What planet was Django Fett born on? Oh dang. Uh, I, know, I, know there are, I know there are people that know this stuff. This yeah. to me, this is in, inconceivably hard. I, I feel I feel there's a number in there, so I'm going to say Clagdor Seven. <laughs> Clagdor Seven is incorrect. <laughs> I like it, Chris. Uh, Sowersville. I don't know. <laughs> Matt, what planet is Django Fett born on? Batu. Let's let's make this this world exist for some reason. <laughs> The answer is something I've never heard of. It is Concord Dawn. Oh, oh yeah, I've yeah, Concord heard Dawn. That, but I didn't know that's where he was born. If, if I recall, that's the moon off of Mandalore that's sort of broken apart. I might be incorrect on that. I know that we have listeners that know exactly what Concord Dawn is, but I think, I think it's the broken up planet off of Mandalore. We love I the know moon the, because the it's mer- good to us. <laughs> the Mercs and uh, Hondo will know that kind of stuff. Not not us so much. No. Um, all right. So that means it's Chris's turn. Okay. There's only three questions left. Oof. Chancellor Palpatine has a first name. It's O S E A R. I keep hearing how horrible it is. Oh my god! It's it's a fucking stupid ass name too. Clark? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, fuck. Um, it's like a, it's something like, like Shive. It's like a. I'll say. I'll say. Uh, shive. Shives. Shive. Shive the boof. Final answer Shive. I, as the judge. I'm going to give that to oh, you. Oh, it's not fair. Sheev. I knew what it was. It was Sheev. What is it? Sheev. Jesus. Yeah. I knew it was something fucking like that. <laughs> yeah. He had hippie parents. His Sheev Cloudburst Palpatine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good job. Close enough. Close enough. Good. All right. I'll take it. All right, Matt. It's your turn. Okay. We just got the, uh, well, it was a while ago now, the stunning Rosario Dawson. Ooh. As Ahsoka Tano. And she is a species, Ahsoka Tano, not Rosario oh, Dawson. <laughs> and Shakti, which is called what? What is the species of Shakti? Oh, shit. Oh, man, I should know this from the damn. That episode. I, oh. I can hear Tim saying it. She is a blank female. 
piece. She is a uh, yeah, right. <laughs> she is a uh, something God, female. Yeah. She is a oh god, I can't remember. She is a I don't know. Uh, a whole lot of naked in what's that movie with Colin? Well, it was Alexander. Oh, she's even more naked in that movie with uh, 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 Professor X, young Professor X. I don't know. Um, uh, I'm going to watch Rent when, when this is over. Watch what? Rent. Yeah. 500 million, 7,200 seconds. That's exactly <laughs> Something, the something, I don't know the math. 7,800 things you missed in the Mandalorian. <laughs> You'll never know them unless you want, unless you read Scream Rant. <laughs> Those are my favorite videos on YouTube. I just like I made my son watch the the Cobra Kai season three trailer. Just hit everybody, you know. Like I'm super super excited. He just laughs at me because he thinks <laughs> so. I watch it, and then this has just come out within seconds. Fifty things you missed in the Cobra Kai season three trailer. Yep. yep. Oh my god, how did I miss 50 things? <laughs> <sighs> you don't know. No, right? She's a Rosaria, female Rosarian. And <laughs> I like it. But that is incorrect. Tim, you can steal. Uh, she is a Togrut. To to oh, god damn it. Togruta is correct. Another point for the meat. Oh. This is the same picture that Dave sent me. This is old news. (laughs) No, but yeah, that's from. uh, Hold on, hold on. Let let me. That's from Alexander. You said no. That's not from Alexander. That's from. uh, It's. It wasn't. It wasn't a great movie. It was an okay movie. Um, Hold on, if I can find that. Do you know what's what's sad is you send it through Messenger. The message the message I had before this, it's right above this, is a picture of Matt drinking green milk. <laughs> <laughs> it's awfully close. You're almost there, Matt. Oh, did the video right. not come through? Just a picture? No, there there is video. Oh, yes. oh okay, and okay. I'll be honest. When you sent me this, I thought it cut off. I thought there was more to it and, until Dave said earlier about Luke drinking the, the book. I'm like, holy shit, yeah. Oh. It makes so much sense now. <laughs> the movie was was Trance. It has James McAvoy and Vincent Castle. It was directed by Danny Boyle. I'm going to watch that. Uh, it came out, yeah, it came out in 2013. I remember seeing this in the theater. And I remember when, when that scene comes on, I'm like, I was like, oh, great Kookamooga! <laughs> yeah, it, 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 was, it was kind of like a it, uh, uh, it had li- like a limited release. It wasn't like a big, big release. Sure. I imagine, I imagine Tim doing that in any movie with his nudity, like whether he's the only person there or not. <laughs> it's the same thing comes out and flashes. Wolf of Wall Street. Oh my God, Chris! There's one more question. Okay. Let's just do it. Alright. <laughs> How old was Count Dooku during the Battle of Geonosis? I'll tell you this, this is this is a this is a nice a nice round number, so Alright. Zero. Does I'm going with fifty or sixty. I will go I will say 
I will say I will say 50. 50 is incorrect. Matt, how old was Count Dooku during the Battle of Geonosis? I'm going to jump a little further ahead and say 70. Shit. 70 is also incorrect. Oof. Tim, you can get even more points. I'm going to jump a little further because I think this was about his actual age. I think he was 80 when he shot that scene. So I'm going to say 80. The man was 80 years old. Wow. Tim gets another point. And what a massacre. Oh, my God. Matt with one, Chris with two, Tim with five. That was fun. But is there music during this yeah. trivia? Day? <laughs> Tim got five. Tim got five of the the questions. Wait, the answer is uh, Jack Russell's Great White. <laughs> <laughs> Damage plan. Well, I mean, nice what happened. I mean, those are to me hard. Yeah, that was I don't hard. Know what you do, but that Concord Dawn, holy crap! Yeah. Well. All right, well, thank you, everyone out there, for listening. And, Tim, thank you for telling us about this big, wet <laughs> penis. Noodle. See, it kind of it looks like, sort of looks like if, you, like if you overboiled a bratwurst. <laughs> like, if you just put a bratwurst <laughs> it, it looks in, like, a- <laughs> like, yeah, if you just put bratwurst in, like, milky water <laughs> and just let it boil for, like, two days. It looks like a, hot, it's looking like a hot dog that you put slits in, in a microwave, but overcooked it in a microwave and started to curl and expand in places. Yeah, or like a turkey neck. Like, yeah, this is what it looks like. It looks like the turkey neck. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Or a distended knockwurst. <laughs> I like that. That might be the first time that phrase was ever said. Distended, distended knockwurst. knockwurst. Those two words put together. That was the name of, of Chris's and mine's band at Quaker Town <laughs> Elementary. Yeah. The one that sang we, the Ewok song? The, 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 the we, had, um, we, had, we had t-shirts and, uh, you know, and, and hats. Yeah. <laughs> you only sang one half of Private Eyes. Private Eyes. Thank you. We just did the John Oates part. Johnny Oates. That's when Chris and I were in the uh, gym show, the gymnastics show. That's right. I was, what was it? The horse? Was that the thing? Did the pommel horse, yes. Yeah. yeah. Somebody got up your horse. What? What'd you call me? Yeah, and we did it too. Do you remember the song? Neutron Dance. No. Oh fuck. Was it the Porter Sister song? That that was that it's song. Rain men. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the weather girls. But <laughs> that song used to play during re- like practice for the gymnastic show. Oh fuck. It wasn't shit. No, I don't know the song then that played during the during the live show. Same soundtrack. Neutron dance. Was it the heat is on? The heat oh, is on. There you go. Oh, proud. That was our pommel horse routine. <laughs> you, me, Dominic, <laughs> and Robert Mandic. Dominic, the man I bought my first bag of weed from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, went, I remember going. He lived. He lived over in the the building next to the where the proper is. That used to be the Globe. He lived up there, and I remember really going up there, giving him thirty bucks, and buying a buying a dime. You might want to take out his last name. Okay, I that out. <laughs> this has been it's been like twenty. Such your limitations are probably over, but I'll yeah I'll, for everyone's sake, I'll I'll make sure. <laughs> I, no I had a conversation with him around a month ago or so at the proper, actually, Dominic. Yeah, Dominic. Believable activities. Keep giving more uh, personal information about this gentleman so everyone knows who he is. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Thanks for listening. Damn, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Putting people under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can just... You can, you can just beep it out. Yeah. Tim, you're a narc. Thanks for listening to Star Wars In Character. Star Wars In Character is part of the NeoZaz.com network of podcasts. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, please visit www.neozaz.com. Star Wars In Character is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited or 20th Century Fox. Star Wars and all Star Wars universe characters, places, or Star Wars-related items are the copyright of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. Visit www.swic.neozaz.com for the latest Star Wars in character episodes and information.